What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the brand new era of this podcast, as it is no longer the Slam Dunk Touchdown Podcast. This is the Bold Take Podcast with, of course, me, Austin Waiter, and the man that came up with the new name, Austin Hill, here with me. It's the start of a new era. Uh, I'm excited. You know, I, I like uh, kind of like the name change. Um, you know, it's really more of a joint effort when it came together, and we really decided on a new name, new logo, and I think that... Uh, I think this is going to be fun. Yeah, and also a shout-out to my sister for creating the logo. Big big help. She created big the dance. first one, too. But, now, but, yeah, it's a brand new era. Let's get into the episode. Now, today's main focus is going to be on basketball and the NBA and college, as we haven't really talked about that. We've been focusing on the NFL. But there was one more big NFL news that happened, I believe it was Monday this week. J.J. Watt finally announced where he signed, and you would think – it was one of the teams we said it yeah. was going to be Pittsburgh because of his brothers. It was going to be Chicago because his wife plays there. But no, of all teams, it's the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I mean, I guess that guy loves DeAndre Hopkins. Hey, I, I understand it, though. I'm I'm in on the Arizona Cardinals, and I don't know why J.J. Watt wouldn't be in. Imagine lining up with Chandler Jones. How are you going to stop that? It's the same idea we talked about, I feel like, with Tampa where you've got some good guys pass rushing in Tampa. And you don't necessarily have the same quantity, but you've definitely got the same quality of guys. Yeah, not definitely not a bad pickup. And also, man's getting $23 million guaranteed out of it, I believe, and potentially up to $31 million. He also gets to pair up with DeAndre Hopkins, his former wide receiver, so they can both talk bad about the Texans while Deshaun Watson remains kidnapped in uh, Houston. And also, he also sent a text, I'm here because I believe in you, to Kyler Murray. So that's a good sign. And the weakness of that Cardinals team in the past has been defense. So he's going to be very helpful for Arizona next year. Absolutely. Uh, They're getting Chandler Jones back. Isaiah Simmons and Buda Baker look great out there. J.J. Watt obviously going to help. And Byron Murphy really came into his own last year, or the heir to Pat Pete's throne at that number one cornerback spot. So I think that this defense is really starting to come together, and Kyler Murray, if he keeps taking steps forward, it's going to be hard to stop that Cardinals team. Absolutely, and Arnari was a stacked NFC West last year. But enough about that. That was a big signing, but this is a primary basketball episode. Now, you, my friend Austin Hill right here, is the NBA expert. He is the man that keeps up with all the NBA knowledge for me while I focus mainly on the football. So I'll hand over him to take over for most of the NBA talk. Yeah, so really what I wanted to get into first, I know the All-Star Reserves have been named, and but I feel like I want to talk about a couple guys that we think, uh, you know, we're happy to see get some credit, and some guys that we uh, think should have gotten the All-Star nod. And so I want to get into the East first. So uh, first off, congratulations to Zach Levine. Made me happy yeah. as a Chicago Bulls fan to see Zach Levine in there. Um. And so I really think it was rewarding. I thought he should have been an all-star last year, personal bias. But he played. he's played even better this year, and we've got an even better record, and we're really fighting for a playoff spot this year. So Zach Levine absolutely deserves credit. Anybody you are, uh, you know, really happy to see get that. No, one, one that I love seeing, and I know New York Knicks fans love seeing, Julius Randle. What he's, what he's done up there, when he got drafted by the Lakers – some people, and then, you know, he had that huge leg injury at the start. People were like, he'll just be like a meh kind of player. And then he signed with the Knicks, big money, and then everyone thought they're going to start rebuilding. And he's just come out of nowhere this year. 
and is dominating. And I, I'm just really, I'm really happy for, really happy for him, and also happy for Knicks fans with the way their season's gone and getting an all-star player in there. And then also, big shout out to my Pacers, Demontes Sabonis. Snuck in there at the last minute to get in. Really happy for him. Absolutely. I With DeMontis Sabonis, I was completely confused to see Ben Simmons in the race at all. Well, you know, he thinks he's the best defensive player, so. Uh, I just, I'm not in on Ben Simmons, and especially when guys like DeMontis Sabonis were sitting on the outskirts, I didn't understand that, that decision. But it is the coach that gets to make his choice. And Doc Rivers is the guy making the decisions. He coaches the Sixers. Still, still very upset that the Clippers fired him. Still yeah. very upset about that. But I do think I'm glad to see Sabonis get his nod and definitely Julius Randle. I've been in on Julius Randle since his college days. I thought this guy was going to be you, great. He was great in his, that last season with the Lakers. They let him go. He went to the Pelicans. Played great alongside Anthony Davis. But AD wanted out. Julius Randle didn't want to stick around. And, you know, when I thought with the Knicks, I thought they were just looking for someone to spend their money when they paid Julius Randle. That's exactly what I was thinking, too. But he's he's really come alive, and so I think that he has made a great addition to this team. And really, I think he's going to take this team to the playoffs this year. Oh, for sure. Right now, they are the fifth seed in the East right now. And with the way that that seeding is, it's really up for grabs for the Knicks teams. And I know Knicks fans all across America are very excited. Yeah, absolutely. And then in the West, um, I had a – a couple guys that I thought should have got the nod. Now, I would be talking about Devin Booker, too, had it not been for the Anthony Davis incident. Absolutely ridiculous that he wasn't even on the original. Absolutely ridiculous. Made no um, sense at all. When you're picking between Phoenix Suns players, I don't know how you don't go Devin Booker over Chris Paul. <laughs> but Chris Paul, I guess, has made this team the winning team. He's the big different piece from last year. They're the two seed in the West right now. So I guess I can see your argument. But I just don't know how we're not talking Devin Booker, and we should be talking about Chris Paul filling in for Anthony Davis. Um, another guy I thought got snubbed bad was DeMar DeRozan. Um, this guy's playing power forward. He's averaging 27-7 and seven right now. And the Spurs are in the playoffs. They're the sixth seed, and they could very well move up. But I think they're going to go. And uh, I just don't think DeMar DeRozan's gotten any love since Toronto. Yeah, I was about to say, people forget how good that guy was in Toronto the year before he got traded for Kawhi Leonard in that deal. He was, I believe he was, if not an all-star starter, was like the top reserve for the all-star team that year. So people putting disrespect on his name, then San Antonio isn't like hasn't been a big market lately. No one's really talking about it. And like you said, they're right now the sixth seed in the West. So yeah. they, they need, some need to put some respect on his name. I also want to talk about with Devin Booker. If we were talking and he didn't get in, I know Chris Paul, I feel like he deserved him, but the, it's to me, it's with Zion. I know the only, don't get me wrong, Zion's a very good player. But if you have to choose between Zion and Devin Booker for overall player, you got to go Devin Booker. The only reason they put Zion Williams in that All Star game is for one reason and one reason only. Money, they know people are going to want want to watch Zion. That's the only Absolutely. reason I think he got in. I, I agree. I think that Zion has been good this year, and he was good at the beginning of that rookie year, but he shouldn't have been a rookie of the year finalist playing 20 games, and he shouldn't be in the All-Star game with the Pelicans as bad as they are. That's what happens with like social media now. They get so hyped up for those guys that make the big highlight. They don't They look at them. And also – you record-wise, Pelicans aren't even in the playoffs right now, and Devin Booker's on a team that's second in the West. And like the joke was, when Devin Booker didn't get in, 
a few years ago. They said, make the playoffs and we'll put you in. And they make in the playoffs right now one of the best teams in the West, and they still didn't put him in. I'm I'm glad he's in now, yeah. but somebody put some respect on Devin Booker's name. Absolutely. A guy I can understand why he didn't make it, but a guy I actually had myself picked as a reserve, Jordan Clarkson. He is going to hands down dominate six-man-of-the-year voting this year, averaging 20-plus a game. He's had like three 30-point games off the bench in Utah. I thought that it would be a great time for the first non-starter to be an all-star. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson, I mean, that overall, that whole Jazz team has been the story of the NBA this year. And getting him to come off the bench behind Donovan Mitchell, who's already an all-star, I mean, that's just – that's. That's great for that. And I really wish Jordan Clarkson would have made it. But you know, you got to be a starter. They're not giving those reserves a chance. Yeah, I mean, even when you're out playing and outnumbering guys like Zion Williamson on points uh, and out shooting, just really just playing better, yeah, I mean, you do have to be starting to get into the All-Star game. So I understand the selection. Um, Now I want to get into a couple NBA predictions. Any bold predictions you have? I want to say I want to go back to the East. Now, I know top three seeds are pretty much set with Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee. Meanwhile, seeds four to 11 are are up for grabs. That's pretty much anyone's. I believe you told me Boston was a 12 seed like a few days ago, and now they're back up to the four seed up there. But a team that I feel like could make a second-half run is the Atlanta Hawks. I know they fired their head coach, Lloyd Pierce, but the interim coach, who I know well, being a Pacers fan, Nate McMillan, Getting the Pacers to the playoffs every year, and that team is is right up there fighting for that uh, eight seed. And I think Nate McMillan's going to sneak them in. So to me, team to keep an eye on in the East in the second half probably would be Atlanta, and also Charlotte with what Lamelo Ball has done in his rookie year. Absolutely, I think that Atlanta is on the upswing potentially if they can get it together. But I did say before the season, and I'm actually going to stand to this that the Hawks and the Wizards do not touch the playoffs. People thought that the Washer-Westbrook trade was going to change things in Washington, and they've been on a run recently, but I don't think that that team's made to win, especially without Thomas Bryant now. Mm -hmm. And then Atlanta, I think they just spent too much money on veteran guys who haven't really gotten things done, except maybe Danilo Gallinari but supported by Chris Paul, Shai Gilgis, Alexander, guys like that. Um, so I, I, it, they could definitely go out there and prove me wrong, but I still don't think we'll see the Hawks or the Wizards in the playoffs. Yeah, that's just a team. I just I just feel like with yeah. the coaching experience, I mean, don't get me wrong, Lloyd Pierce had done a decent job with Atlanta, but Nick McMillan's a guy that has coached in the playoffs Absolutely. with the Pacers several times, broken my heart several times the Pacers have. But he's a guy that knows how to coach and get a team to the playoffs. So I'm just saying, if there's anything that could Atlanta could use as a boost, it would definitely be Nate McMillan. And also, I just want to talk about Philadelphia, the, the difference a year makes. Absolutely. Last year, whenever Ben Simmons was hurt and all that, and then Brett Brown was the coach, no one knew what was going on. And then they made the fantastic hire of Doc Rivers. That proves how much coaching makes a difference. People always say, Oh, coach, te- NBA teams don't have coaches. They can just play without, you know, coaches because they just play pickup and go up and down. That's a difference if I've ever seen one. He's got Joel Embiid playing like the best player in the NBA, who's my MVP right now. So I want to give major props to Philadelphia for that. Absolutely. Doc Rivers, a fantastic coach, going to go down as one of the greatest to ever coach and for sure a Hall of Famer at this point in his career. 
Uh, this point, it's just for fun for him. Yeah. But he's done a great job for Philadelphia, and I think that that team is going to continue to dominate in the East. Um, another big prediction I have is that the Bulls and the Mavs are both going to surge in the second half of the season and finishing the postseason. Now, obviously, being a Bulls fan, a little bit of bias <laughs> there. But Luka Doncic in the West has absolutely turned it up and got his team back to 500, averaging, averaging 30-plus yeah, in ridiculous. this span. I've always, I've always loved Luka. As right, as, yeah, he's got him right on that edge of that playoff spot, fighting with Golden State back and forth. I've always loved him. My biggest problem with Dallas this year, though, Kristaps, he's really kind of struggled to show up really for them. He's not, Luka's not getting any, was not getting any help. Was the main problem, but Kristaps has picked it up lately, gotten a lot better playing like he was last year. So yeah, Dallas definitely a team to watch out for in that Western for sure. Um, another big prediction I have is that the Lakers are going to struggle this year, and they will not finish top two in the West. They will finish at right now. They're sitting at four. I think they'll finish three or four around that area. I just don't think right now there's any slowing down Utah or Phoenix. And who knows when they're getting Anthony Davis back. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. Also, you know, I am a Clippers and Pacers fan. I'm a fan of two teams. Uh, the Clippers, I do think right now, the way it's set right now, with Utah at one, Phoenix at two, Clippers at three. That's I think those top three are going to stay. And L.A., I mean, we don't know when Anthony Davis is getting back. You've got to be very careful with those Achilles injuries. For example, what happened with Kevin Durant? Rushed him back for the finals. And then he destroyed destroyed his Achilles, missed the whole season. So L.A.'s being very smart sitting him for as long as they can because, no offense, they know they get him back healthy for the playoffs with LeBron. They're going to be a tough team to beat no matter what seed they are. And especially exactly. in a year of a pandemic, there's no home court advantage. There's really no home court advantage at all. Yeah, I, I agree, I think. They're going to take their time with Anthony Davis, and I just don't know that LeBron's going to be able to lead them to a top three seed with the way the team has played without Anthony Davis so far. Um, and then my last – oh, well, actually, second to last major prediction here. Uh, Nikola Jokic wins the MVP this year, the first center since Shaq in 2000 and the first big man since Dirk in 2006. Oh, wow. Um, I like the way Joel Embiid's playing. Joel Embiid would fit these – criteria the same exact way but Jokic just I, his playmaking has been when you thought it couldn't get better it has gotten better I can understand the argument for either guy but I think one of those two guys really deserves it I would personally pick Jokic and he'd also be the first Nugget to win it ever and you think about some of the great guys that have worn a Nuggets jersey yeah I mean this is a guy Nicole Jokic that looks like someone you would see playing at like a playing pickup ball at a random gym you, and now he's getting triple doubles every night for a big man. I mean, you got to give credit to him. Now, I know that that Western Conference is really tough. So even though they're kind of on that lower part right now as a seven seed, yeah, he could elevate and, and rise. But here's why Joel Embiid, I think, sh should and could potentially win MVP. It's just record-wise. If it comes down between Absolutely. those two, they're going to go with the higher record. For sure. And they're going to look like, oh, Joel Embiid's got Philadelphia playing so much better. So I think – Right now, he would get it. I feel like Joel Embiid would get it. But you never know what happens in the second half of the season Absolutely. with Denver and them. So, yeah, Jokic has definitely got to keep an eye on. Um, and then my last prediction, big one, one I have been hammering for a long time, and I don't think it's come to fruition yet. 
Quinn Snyder finally takes home the coach of the year hardware that I think he's deserved the last couple of years. If, if he doesn't, it, I mean, maybe Doc Rivers might have a saying in that, but Absolutely. but Quinn Snyder, what he's done there, it's it's unlike it's unlike anything. A cutthroat Western Conference, and he's yet to lose double digit games. We're almost halfway through the season. Exactly. That's that. You just got to give credit to him. But you know what? As great as the coach of the year stuff is. I hate to admit it, but no one's going to care about what the Jazz did in this regular season if they can't do something in the playoffs. For That's sure. how it was with the Atlanta Hawks team from a few years ago when they were really good in the regular season and they got swept by the Cavs and LeBron in the finals. I'm just saying, yes, the the regular season awards are important, and he deserves that. Absolutely. But you got it. we got to see him show up in the playoffs. And we're hoping to see Donovan Mitchell with a bit of a chip on his shoulder when he gets to the playoffs after that. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking game seven loss against the Denver Nuggets. Fantastic game, though. Yeah. That was a fantastic game. That was a wonderful game to see. Torrey Craig's missed layup, Mike Conley all on the line. And you can't even blame Mike Conley that close to making it sometimes just. And you could just go. see Don Mitchell sitting there and then just falling over as they as he misses the shot. So but yeah, keep an eye on that jazz team, especially with Jordan Clarkson playing a lot better. You said almost being an all-star. Yeah. Keep, keep a big eye on the Jazz. Yeah, I think they're going to be good this year. Well, I think we can go ahead and swing it over to college basketball now. Yes, and I know that you have not been into college that much. I did, however, recommend you to watch one game this past week, Alabama and Arkansas. And just, just talk – well, right, right now, I'll just give it to you. Like, what's your takes on college basketball that you know of at the moment? Um, So, I've started to keep a closer eye. Obviously, football season ending, starting to get into basketball. Obviously, big team of mine, I keep my eyes on Notre Dame and Illinois. And Illinois has been playing out of their mind. The Illini have been playing fantastic. Um, I'd argue this last week, maybe they're making a push for the one seed. I know Gonzaga, or the number one team. I know Gonzaga's up there, but who knows? You could see anything happen here. Knocking off Michigan. Michigan, they're definitely a top three team in the nation. Oh, know, for sure. After for sure. that win over Michigan. But uh, I watched the Alabama game, a little bit of it, watched the second half. Uh, great game from Arkansas. Really dismantled. Fantastic them. game. <laughs> um, and then I saw their South Carolina game, part of their South Carolina game as well, where they dismantled South Carolina by almost 30. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, it's going to sound super biased when I say it, which I have no problem with. Uh, being people saying I'm biased or whatever, but Arkansas is playing like they could be the make it to a Final Four run. There's always that team that goes on a big run and turn in the NCAA tournament because of a great finish they have in the regular season and all that. So I'm just saying, I'm not saying I'm picking, gonna pick Arkansas to win all, but if they beat AM on Saturday and they win the SEC tournament, it's going to be very, very difficult for me not to pick them to at least go to the Final Four. Absolutely. Gives you uh, maybe starting to give you a little bit of Kemba Walker at UConn vibes with the way they ran the Big East. I would gladly take that. But I want to get back to your take on the Illinois-Michigan game. I was not able to watch that game. I went and was cheering on Valonia High School basketball, which also I want to give a big shout-out Valonia basketball girls beating the what people thought was the number one girls team in the state in Greenwood last night in the conference tournament finals. So big shout out to them for that. Absolutely. But I saw highlights of that Michigan Illinois game and Illinois didn't even have their top guard. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I believe it's Ayo Dosamu, but I'm not sure how the I, last name is pronounced. So we'll go, we'll go with that. But anyway, they didn't even have him and they went into Michigan and the game wasn't even close. Yeah. 20 point game. 
It was it was unbelievably great game from Kofi for sure. Yeah, and Michigan is a team that I always that I felt this whole year should be number one. I've no offense to Baylor, they they'll right they're right behind them, especially with that big win they had against West Virginia the other night. But all I just it's hard for me to believe in Gonzaga. Don't get me wrong, Gonzaga is a very good team. I just don't think they're number one overall seed material. I mean, they played a couple good teams that are like ranked now early in the year, but when you play in the West Coast Conference and you're playing terrible no offense not not saying they're all terrible but compared to the competition that some of the other one seeds and two seeds are playing to me it just doesn't make sense I think they could be a three seed I think I don't think they should be a one or a two seed at the moment but you know I felt this whole year Michigan was the best team in the country and then Illinois came and shut me right up with that I just think I agree with what you're saying. When you look at West Coast Conference, not as good as you look at the Big Ten or the Big 12. Or the SEC, several Absolutely. of the big schools. You see Baylor and Illinois right now, some of the top teams in their conf- their respective conferences, and they've got 5-10 ranked team, not 10, but yeah. you know, you've got 5-6-7-8 ranked teams in the Big Ten. Uh, it's, it's a cutthroat conference, and right now Illinois right up there at the top. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see how that works out with that one seed line because you gotta remember Michigan, Illinois, the big the conference tournaments for men's basketball do start this next week, so it's gonna be very interesting how that plays out. I do want to talk a few teams to you just to kind of get get you in the mind for some teams that you may not have been able to see yet. The first one I want to talk about is down here, West Virginia, West Virginia, or as some people call them, Press Virginia with Bob Huggins as the head coach, running a full-court press against teams. And they, they've they been beating teams very well and lost a tough game to Baylor in overtime the other night. But West Virginia has been playing better throughout the year. And as of right now, according to the bracketology with Joe and Arnie ESPN, they have them in the same region as Gonzaga. So, And I think that West Virginia could maybe upset them if they do meet in the Elite Eight. So West Virginia is definitely a team to keep an eye on. Also, eight seed Loyola Chicago. You remember a few years ago yes. that fantastic run they had to the Final Four. If they they have them as an eight seed right now, which would make it a little bit more challenging. But yeah, uh, that's a team for you to keep an eye on in that region. I don't know if there's any others you've been keeping an eye on. Oh, uh, I think Texas is a big team to keep an eye on. I thought that they might end up stealing the Big Twelve at the end of the season, but Baylor played them great both times they met. And Kansas, I believe, avenged that first loss to them. So uh, Texas really – but I still think Texas can be a good team going forward, especially if uh, that region ends up shaking out that way. Yeah, we'll definitely, it will definitely be interesting if it does shape out like that. Also could be interesting in the lower half as they have it right here. Tennessee, North Carolina winner playing the winner of Houston and Grand Canyon, most likely going to be Houston. That could potentially be an upset spot because two big schools – Big conference schools playing Houston, kind of a mid-American. That could potentially be a spot for an upset in that region. Yeah, so yeah. lots of movement could be happening in that region. We'll go on to the Baylor one. Now, just so we're clear, these aren't the official ones. This is the Joe Lenardi bracketology, what he's thinking. And we'll move on to the Baylor region. And for me, in this region, it's it's tough. I've looked at, I've looked at the teams. It's very tough for me to pick a team other than Baylor to come out of that region. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Ohio State play a couple times this year, and they've looked pretty good. They put up some good. They put up some good fights against Michigan, um, but I mean, haven't beat Michigan, and so I think Baylor's at that Michigan level, and I, I think if it would, I think it could come down to those two. 
Um, I just don't see a team, maybe Villanova, that could really compete with Baylor. Team maybe to keep an eye on, maybe Texas Tech, Mac McClung. I I love watching that guy play basketball. I loved him since high school. And also, Chris Beard has done a fantastic job with Texas Tech in the tournament in the past, getting them to the national championship game just two years ago. So if there's a team that besides like the top three or four that could make a run, I would have to say it might be Texas Tech in that region. Absolutely. And all I know is UAR misses Chris Beard. Uh, I know that. So we'll check on the next region, which is like we talked about with Michigan. Now, as of right now, Michigan and Arkansas are in the same region, at least according to this. So, it's going to be very tough for me as a Razorback fan. If it does shake up like this with us being in the same region as Michigan, it, I could see them meeting in the Elite Eight, but I think it would be very difficult for me to pick Arkansas against a Michigan team that's very good. Well, you got to think about it. you got Iowa looking at a two-seed right now based off these. Luke Garza, fantastic center. Virginia Tech, always fun to watch Virginia Tech play. And then San Diego State, always surprisingly good team. So you, I think there's a couple teams you could see, even uh, Missouri. There's a couple teams we could see here that can make some interesting matchups. Maybe. And another one that we know, the projected number one pick, Cade Cunningham in Oklahoma State, a four-seed right now, maybe running into Michigan. That Cade Cunningham, I've seen him play a lot more lately. That kid's for real. That's yeah. He's carrying that Oklahoma State team on his back. So, yeah, that if that region shakes out like that, that might be the best region out of them all with yeah, with yeah. seeds one to four, maybe even one one to six. So, yeah, fun to going to be fun to watch for sure. Yeah, but like we said, we don't know if that's going to play out. And we will look at the final region that we have up here right now: Illinois, the top seed, the team that you just talked about that you think could be one of the best teams in the country. Up in that region with them, according to this, is Kansas, Alabama, Florida State. Like I said, uh, one team for me that I, I always love every year is Florida State, Leonard Hamilton. That man gets so many players to play together. They play maybe 12 guys overall for that Florida State team. And last year, their leading scorer was off the bench. So that so that's a team that works together and I think can make a run. Absolutely. Florida State's always fun to watch. They've always got one great defender out there. Um, always some great scores. Uh, but I really think – Florida State could be a team that could win that. For sure, I think Illinois. I just have a hard time picturing anybody beating <laughs> Illinois. Um, but Creighton, do not sleep on Creighton. They're a fantastic, well-coached team. No little controversy with head coach Greg McDermott recently. Fair. Kind of questionable wording he used. But he did offer to resign, and the university said, no, we want you to stay on. So I think they've come to an agreement. I think he's made his – Peace with the team, and I think that they're going to be looking good going forward. I really like Creighton, Wichita State. That would be a fantastic Wichita State. Don't have Greg Marshall as the head coach anymore, unfortunately, but still with Wichita State, you hear the name, you you know that they have a good chance to make a run. And one that I know too well personally, Alabama down there at at the two seed, have kind of struggled lately. But that team's a three-point shooting team. And when they, if they get hot from three, it's going to be hard for any team in the country to beat them. So definitely a team to keep an eye on. But that's kind of like the bracket breakdown right now. And well, I'm going to ask you this one more thing before we close out here. I noticed, I don't know if you noticed, in their team missing by the name of Duke, not in the tournament right now, as they are on the first four out currently. As you take a look at the bubble, Michigan State, a powerhouse just sneaking in there. 
North Carolina is comfortably in at the moment, but all the big power schools and Kentucky are struggling this year. Yeah, it's it's been something to see. Um, Duke, really, a great game. I don't know if you caught it. Georgia Tech-Duke. I did catch overtime for that game. Yeah, Terrific that was a ending. phenomenal game to watch. Georgia Tech really showed why I think they deserve a tournament spot. Um, and so I would definitely say Duke is going to have to go on a tournament, the ACC tournament run. They do play North Carolina Saturday in that big rivalry game. To me, if they want a chance to win, to get in without winning the ACC tournament, they have to win that game. But, uh, yeah, and then, but so big year, and then with the main powerhouses in college basketball struggling, it's going to be one very interesting tournament. Of course, all being played at Indianapolis together. Going to be very interesting to see how that works out. Absolutely. I'm excited, as I am every year for March. My birthday's in March. And now you get March Madness with it. It's always a fantastic time. And the fantastic thing is anything can happen on any single night. Every single seed, whether it's 16 to 1, has won in the first round at least. Thank you, UMBC, for that. Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic game to watch. Uh, I absolutely love that game. It's an all-time classic in NCAA tournament history. Yeah. But that's going to do it for this uh, episode of the first episode of the Bold Take podcast. We talked basketball. We're going to probably talk a lot more basketball in the upcoming weeks, especially with March Madness getting closer and closer. Might even have a special episode out for our predictions when the brackets do come out. And not to mention, we will definitely talk more NBA in the second half. It will definitely be a fun uh, rest of this uh, for talk for basketball. So, uh, anything you want to add before we close here, Austin? Oh, I'm just – I'm ready to watch Illinois. I'm so <laughs> excited for them. They've been so good. And, same uh, same for the Hogs. Same for the Hogs. I'm hoping for a Final Four run, but, you know, absolutely. we'll have to see. But uh, that's going to be it for the episode. I'm Austin Wader. That's Austin Hill. And we will see you all next time.